Welcome to this podcast produced for Business Lincolnshire as part of the Fit for Business programme. I'm Guy Lewis and we're joined today by Anna Maxwell from C2 Safety. Hi Anna, how are you? I'm very well, thanks Guy, how are you? I'm good, thanks, I'm good. So we, we, for businesses that haven't got very specific uh, health and safety requirements, are there, are there some generics that they should always look at? Very much so. And one of those things can be... It, it's first aid. There's mm-hmm. no hard and fast rules about first aid. And everybody thinks, oh, I must have first aid at work. Mm-hmm. And we would love for everybody to have first aid at work and for people to be trained. Mm-hmm. But the guidance from HSE is available that says who needs what and how many of what you need. Okay. But along with much of health and safety, it's very subjective. Mm-hmm. Depends on what the business is doing. Depends yeah, yeah. on your risk. Mm-hmm. Depends on the specific activities that you do. Okay. Now, the... Law says that a a business doesn't have an obligation to provide first aid to anybody other than their employees. Okay. However, I don't think many people would be able to stand by and watch um, and and not assist if they could. Yeah, yeah. So, but the law is just focused on employees. So how many employees do you have? What do you do? If you're in a low risk office Mm -hmm. um, or, or, or a shop and there's only a few of you and your chances are it's paper cuts or yeah, you know yeah. falls and sprains. As long as you've done a risk assessment, mm-hmm. that determines the first aid provision that you need and the first aid training. Okay. As a business, you are allowed to rely on local medical services, so minor injuries units if you've got one nearby or um, A and E. But every business must have a first aid kit that is appropriate to the scale and type of work that's undertaken. If the risk of something getting in your eyes and you want an eye wash station and you want burns plasters if you're doing hot works, mm-hmm. um, those first aid kits must be in date. Okay. You don't need to be trained in order to use those first aid kits. It's kind of common sense. And a mm-hmm. lot of health and safety is just the formalization of common sense. Um, but you do need to check them routinely. And everything needs to be signed and it needs to be accessible so that anybody who's in the premises knows where that first aid kit is. Okay. But in terms of training, if you don't have a trained person, you must have a appointed competent person who is responsible for first aid arrangements. That might be that they're responsible for making sure the first aid kit is well stocked and is signed. So not necessarily competent in first aid, no. but competence in the requirements of what you have to do yes. to, to, to meet that first aid. Basic understanding basic of okay. what must be provided as an employer. And there are no quotas or minimum number of employees to be required to, you know, for you to have somebody who's mm-hmm. trained in first aid. Generally, there's two types of training. There is emergency first aid at work, which is bleeding, burns, um, shock, uh, choking, CPR, airways. Like, okay. And that's like a one-day course. Or you can do first aid at work, which is more in-depth. It's three days long um, and covers a, a, a much broader spectrum of, of issues. So you might or might not need somebody who's trained. And to find out whether you do, you have to assess your risk. Okay. And it's a small business with low-risk activity. might be an office or a shop. Um, a medium risk might have, there might be some fabrication or you do some cutting and drilling. Um, you might have some plant and equipment, higher level hazards, you know, chemicals, machinery, much higher risk work, mm-hmm. risk of combustion, or you're working with open flames, you need additional first aid kit, you might need specialist training, and you might have to inform the emergency services in advance. You need to determine it through doing a risk assessment. Okay. There are people who can help you do the risk assessments and the peop- the course providers, if you're in any doubt, contact uh, organizations such as St. John's Ambulance 
Mm-hmm. Um, they provide uh, first aid uh, training in the workplace. Um, and you will find with service providers with regard to health and safety, we're generally very happy to help to get the information across so you can make the correct decision about your business needs. Okay. Um, so so really your, 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 um, your offering in terms of, 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 of first aid is going to be dependent on the risk of the business. So yeah, your first aid kit, for an office, it's, like you say, it's going to be sort of plasters and bandages, isn't it? Uh, whereas actually you're getting more into plant, you're getting more into eye washes, you're getting more into burns, et cetera. And, and that should follow accordingly. What other things should we should we consider around, around first aid? So we've got to look at how your shift patterns are. Okay. You need, you know, if you're working 24 hours a day, you need to have provision in place 24 hours a day. Um, we need to look at multi-level workplaces. If you've got two floors in your workplace and they're quite large you might need two first aid stations if you are spread along a long building you might want one at each end you Mm -hmm. don't want to be you know have to send somebody pelting up three sets of stairs and down a long corridor to go find the first aid kit that they're not sure where it is because the sign's been obscured and Mm -hmm. actually nobody's checked it for six months and it went out of date because when we buy our first aid kits we buy them off a shelf they might be sat on a shelf for two years Mm -hmm. and it's there is a date stamped on most sterile items, yeah. um, and that's that's what we're looking for. And again, record your checks of your first aid kit. Record as part of your emergency provisions plan, and train your staff in what your emergency procedures are and where your first aid kit should be included in your workplace induction. Okay, and that's the first tick in the box. Okay, right. And again, we look at that legal duty. You say you you mentioned that you know you yep. don't have a legal duty. Don't have a legal duty to provide first aid in the workplace to people who are not employees. Okay. Bear in mind that volunteers are considered to be employees under the Health and Safety at Work okay. Act. Okay. They have the same kind of status. Um, and just just going on from that, the PPE regulations have just changed, and you have to provide PPE to your um, to anybody who does work on behalf of you. As a, as a business. Um, and so if you're providing PPE to them, you have a responsibility to also provide the first aid, first aid. provision to them. Okay. So we've, we've, we've talked about first aid. What else should we be mindful of in that sort of more generic health and safety? Definitely fire in the workplace. Okay. I think it's, a, it's an overlooked risk uh, for most of us. And we all work in highly technological or much more technological mm-hmm. sort of um, d- driven uh, at workplaces we've got cables we've got phones and we plug things into the wall without without uh, without a second thought most of the time um but employers and or building owners and occupiers have a responsibility to carry out a fire safety risk assessment and to keep it up to date okay um and that is looking at have you got ignition sources? Mm-hmm. Have you got uh, storage of flammable materials? Have you got, um, it, it, are you using open flames? So fire, you need ignition or a heat source. Yep. You need fuel, you need oxygen. So if you've got any of those, it needs the, assess- the risk needs to be assessed. And then you put in place control measures. Now with fire, control measures is segregation of materials, putting stuff in in non-flammable locations or storing away from heat or ignition sources. So you have to have a competent person carry out your fire risk assessment. And your insurance policy will probably only cover you for fire if you have a fire risk assessment in mm-hmm. place. Okay. And if it says in there that you have to have a fire um, extinguisher in this place, then you must have a serviceable fire extinguisher okay. in that place. So, okay. And you talk then about separation. So you talk about, you know, don't put a heater 
next to the sort of the waste paper bin. Yep. Makes it's pretty obvious stuff, isn't it? I it mean, is, it, but you'd be surprised as to how it doesn't necessarily figure in people's minds. Um, so we want to avoid accidental fires. So making yep. sure that heaters can't be knocked over, making sure that they've got guards on them, making sure that they are serviceable. Okay. Ensure that they have been pat tested. So mm-hmm. pat testing is portable appliance testing, um, and that needs to be done by a competent person. That's about electrical safety, I guess. That's electrical safety, yep. but it's the biggest source of fires in the workplace. Yep. We've got coiled cables, we've got dodgy cables, we've got all sorts of things. You know, that, they said that ignition source. Yep. So, so pack testing really important for that. It is, and so if you're in any doubt, speak to your speak to your friendly electrician, and they will be able to advise you on what you need to do. Okay. Um, yeah. So good housekeeping is is key. A lot mm-hmm. of the time to fire in the general workplace. If you are in a high risk workplace and you've got specific risk assessments in place, um, so at the moment I'm just talking in it, maybe in the office or in the shop and low risk. But it gets escalated up, doesn't it? As you're, yes. as you're doing so, and, and therefore you should the amount of time you spend on it, the sort of risk assessments, the depth of them actually get bigger and bigger. I guess. But also looking at training for fire. Okay. Um, and there is a, every workplace must have a means of raising an alarm. For okay. fire, mm-hmm. be that that you shout fire, 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 <laughs> um, be that you've got an air horn or that you have a fully integrated system okay. um, that is maybe connected straight through to the fire service. All of your employees need to be trained in what to do in the event of a fire. Um, and so we have fire drills and you should do a fire drill every six months and you should record the results of that fire drill. Mm-hmm. So who attended and how long it took for everybody to get out. Um, and, and part of your induction, workplace induction training will be going through the fire procedure, showing everybody where the uh, fire assembly area is. And the other thing that you can do with regard to fire training is have fire warden training. Okay. So people are nominated to have responsibilities. And that might be that they're to be the last person out of a certain area or yep. they've got to do a sweep, mm-hmm. um, making sure that doors and windows are shut, all of those sorts of things. Um, and another thing that you can do with training and is often integrated into fire water training, is physically have a go at letting using a fire extinguisher. Yeah. Because yeah. it comes as a real surprise to people that you think it's going to come out with loads of water, really forceful, and it, it doesn't. The water sort of dribbles out. Great fun, though, isn't the, it? The foam sort of is is just, it's not it's not quite like an Ibiza foam party. You know, it's yeah, yeah. It, people are surprised. And then also, if you let off a CO2 canister, people are very surprised mm-hmm. as to the force and the noise that comes yeah. out of that. So... It's the familiarization. It makes people competent that you'd be safe or more comfortable to use a fire extinguisher in the event of an emergency. And part of fire training, that positive safety culture that we've been talking about through all of these podcasts is to make sure that people don't misuse or misplace equipment that is provided for emergencies and for safety. And prime example, fire extinguishers holding open fire doors. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. it's, and so management inspections going around checking that everything's in the right place and that everything is signed and then education and training of your workforce to, so that they know what is provided for safety by the employer must not be misused, misplaced mm-hmm. or, you know, damaged in any way. So it should be left on a fire point. Got you. So that's, that's the, you covered a few things there. It's sort of escape routes that, that need to be 
unobstructed or fire doors that need to be not kept open with mm-hmm. fire extinguishers because they're fire extinguishers, not yep. door stops. Yep. And, and I guess your fire ones, are, are, they're, they're part of the evacuation process, but also maybe part of that day-to-day keeping and making sure these things are happening, making yes. sure that everything's... So so it's part of their duties to, to do that sort of risk assessment ongoing. Yeah, and everything that we have spoken about is just an ongoing process. It needs updating. People need to be kept updated me people need to have continual awareness training needs to be continuous management inspections now we have also spoken previously about people's perception of health safety being onerous and taking lots Mm -hmm. of time yeah but actually all of these things are just done naturally within the workplace as part of your daily checking your workplace is safe what you know is it comfortable for me to work in oh that fire extinguisher is out of place we'll move it back to where it should be and that's what training brings an awareness that people can just go that's in the wrong place, going to do something about it that's positive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, uh, and I guess keeping these procedures up to date is really important. So, you know, so, so making sure everyone knows that the, the, the sort of there are fire alarms. Or, or again, hardware's checked, it's in date. Uh, the means of raising alarm hasn't changed. It's, you know, you've grown, you used to do it by shouting fire, fire, fire. Mm-hmm. There's now 50 of you yeah. in different rooms and it's, that's not possible. Okay. And then emergency plans of exit and, uh, and, and where you might sort of... Uh, Assembled. Yes, very much so. And we can't assume that just because people have done all of this at the workplace induction, they might have started 15 years ago. They might have done two fire drills every year for yeah, the yeah. past 15 years, but things still change and they still need to be reminded of what we've got to do to keep each other safe and also to prevent fire. So Okay. And as everything you say, you know, if this, if this becomes almost too big for you, there are, there are ways you can get this done out from yep. external companies. Health and safety consultancies, fire extinguisher companies. Obviously, fire extinguishers need to be serviced every year by a, a competent company. Um, and they will be able to give you advice on what you should and shouldn't be doing in the event of a fire and what training is available to you. Um, with, there's free training resources from all of the fire brigades. Mm-hmm. Um, they, If you are a high-risk workplace, the fire brigade will come and look at your workplace. They will go through fire risk with you and they will be able to put advise on measures that you can put in place to improve fire safety and to provide training so it's all there as a free resource so lots of resources out there brilliant thanks for your chat again today Alan. it's been brilliant and i look forward to our next one thank you you've been listening to a business lincolnshire podcast look out for the next episode if you're listening on the business lincolnshire youtube channel don't forget to give us a thumbs up or subscribe down below if you're on your favorite podcast platform then remember to follow the show More information at businesslincolnshire.com.